Welcome to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to my blog. I mean my uh, podcast. I I know it's new. I know I'm still learning. And I appreciate just people giving me a chance. Hopefully I'll get better at it. Today I would like to talk about snakes with two legs. Um... I already wrote a post about it, so I will use some of that, but I'll try to add in some more interesting things as well. So to, let's get started. But first, a word from our sponsor. Thanks for listening to that little message. Uh, I know it's kind of annoying, but it really helps me out. So thank you so much for listening today. Our topic is snakes with two legs, so let's get started. In my journey as a runner and hiker, I have had a few snakes cross my path, literally. Just this week, I was running on the paved road and was surprised to see the colorful red and yellow bands of an adult coral snake. Unfortunately, I did not get a photo because as soon as I stopped to look at it, it started squiggling around and then it rushed off into the grass. Coral snakes are actually pretty uh, shy of people, um, so uh, people are afraid of them, but as long as you don't mess with them, they don't want to mess with you. And they are pretty poisonous, but they have small mouths, so you have to be pretty unlucky to get bitten by a coral snake. I've also encountered large rat snakes. Some people call them king snakes or chicken snakes. Um, I've seen copperheads. I've seen water moccasins in lakes and creeks. Um, And, you know, the cute little grass snakes as well. We do have a lot of snakes and insects in Texas. But thanks to our cats and dogs, and we keep our grass mowed, we don't have a big problem with snakes around our home even though we we do live in the country. So the snakes are out there, but hopefully they're just staying back away from the cats. Um, we have seen a few copperheads, especially when we were picking blackberries, and evidently they like to live in the, in the brambles and uh, bushes, blackberry bushes. Uh, vines, I don't know what you call them. So we did come across some copperheads, which that's definitely very dangerous. You don't want to be sticking your hand into a bush and all of a sudden, ah, because copperheads are poisonous for sure. However, I looked on Wikipedia and a lot fewer people than you think die of snake bites in, uh, in America, um, it says that approximately seven to 8,000 people per year get bitten by venomous snakes in the United States, but only about five of them die. And most of the fatal bites have been rattlesnakes, which, you know, rattlesnakes do give you that warning, but they're pretty aggressive. So if, if you are too close to them, they might strike out at you. 
It says that the copperhead accounts for more cases of venomous snake bites than any other species, but its bite is seldom fatal, which is good to know, but from what I hear, it can be pretty painful. <clears throat> so I was looking on Wikipedia, and I thought there were some pretty interesting little stories on here about snake bites. Uh, one guy died. He was driving down a road when he spotted a rattlesnake in the road, and Mr. Lester was so nice that he decided to get out of his car and move the snake off the road. Unfortunately, he got bitten on both hands by the rattlesnake and collapsed and died. So let's probably learn from that. <clears throat> we don't want to be picking up rattlesnakes to save them from getting run over by cars. <clears throat> Another man died uh, handling snakes during a religious service. And even though he had been bitten, he refused treatment, and so he died in his brother's home. So you might say he was kind of asking for it. And then another guy, and this one's kind of sad, um, a young boy, only 18 years old, was found unresponsive in his car in a parking lot in Austin, Texas. He was taken to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. A monocled cobra was missing and was later found dead nearby. An autopsy was performed and Thompson's death was ruled a suicide. So I guess they're saying that the he let the cobra bite him. I don't know. That one's a little bit unclear. And then another guy <clears throat> died getting after he got bitten on each leg in a river by a cottonmouth and he happened to be on drugs at the time, so he did not seek medical attention, and he died. So anyway, those are just a few sad tales of people dying from snake bites. Um, I'm not super scared of snakes, but I also, I'm not like a snake person. Some people like to have them for pets, keep them in aquariums in their house, whatever, I'm not interested in that, but I, I think they're interesting to look at. I wanna, I don't wanna kill them if I don't have to. But if we find a chicken snake in our chicken house eating our eggs, yes, we're going to kill it because we just can't have that. So snakes must have a place in our world, or God would not have created them. In fact, their role is to eat other animals and be food for other animals. So they're part of the food chain. Still, they can be dangerous, so I keep my eyes open on the trails and in tall grass or any place snakes might hide. For example, if you're digging around in a pile of lumber or a pile of anything that has been sitting for a while out in some grass or something, you better be careful. Some snakes are very good at blending in with the ground, such as the copperhead whose light tan and brown coloring is very hard to see when it is laying in a pile of brown leaves and if you look on my blog you can see a picture of a copperhead but what about the two-legged snakes the kind that blend into our surroundings looking harmless or maybe even pretty or handsome but are secretly full of poison 
I'm talking about people, of course, who aren't what they seem. You might call them similar to a wolf in sheep's clothing, but today we're going to call them snakes. There are two types of these snakes that I want to talk about. One are snakes who don't know that they are poisonous. These are people who are unintentionally harmful. These are people who are being used by Satan or just simply the things they do are bad. They don't they don't mean to be bad. Some of them are Christians. Some of them think they're Christians, but they're not. But they don't know the word of God well enough to speak truth. So they are easily sucked into false church doctrines and practices, controversies, arguments. Or conversely, they may be a person who is very good at doing good works. But these are good works that they came up with in their own mind that keep them very busy, and they don't even realize that that wasn't of God at all. They might be a super Christian, or they might be a spiritual person who who doesn't even go to church because they feel like organized religion is, is fake. But So since they're not in a church, they're not getting any kind of uh, good teaching, they don't have any accountability, And basically, they are free to create a religion based on what makes them feel good. And those kind of people are very dangerous. And we see them on social media posting a lot of memes with quotes from all types of spiritual, so-called spiritual leaders who aren't even, they don't even believe in Jesus. Um, And those are the kind of people who think that there are many ways to heaven which that is not what the Bible teaches. So beware of the spiritual person who does not believe that Jesus is the only way. Now, the danger of these unintentionally harmful people is that they're very contagious. Like I said, they post on social media, they give you, they they invite you to, you know, their meditation class or whatever. And through their example... They can lead other people away from a true walk with the Lord without realizing that they're not even on the path themselves. Now, the second type of person are like rattlesnakes. They're more aggressive. They're more sinister. Now, they may not look like it, but this is a person who purposely leads others astray from God the true God, because they are opposed to him. They're opposed to the truth, and they are definitely controlled by demonic forces, not God. Now, Peter and Paul, the apostles, warned us about these false teachers teaching doctrines of devils. So you can look in your Bible, and you can, if you have a Bible app, you can search... Um, false teachers in the search box and you will pull up a lot of verses. So I'm just going to read you a few that I put on the blog. Here's one that where Paul was talking to Timothy and Timothy was a young preacher and he was warning him that about some things that he was going to encounter in his um, service 
So he says in 1 Timothy 3, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created. So what he's talking about there is that these false teachers make up rules for Christians that did not come from God. So he's warning Timothy about them. And then Peter tells us in 2 Peter 2, But there were also false prophets among the people, talking about in the old days, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. In other words, these false teachers are, they're already condemned by God. He knows what they're doing, and on Judgment Day, they're going to be judged. Now, this has been going on since the beginning of the world, the earthly world. Um, When God made Adam and Eve, he told them not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that they could eat from anything else, any other trees. He, He gave them free you know, plenty of everything It went in the beautiful, perfect world that he had made and put them in. But along comes the serpent. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of the, any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, And that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. So right there we have the first sin that separated us from fellowship with our God. And as you can see, Satan is described there as a serpent. And after this, God cursed the serpent. And ever since then, and just in my opinion, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but snakes have been associated with fear and danger in the world and have been somewhat slimy and sneaky. But Satan doesn't use actual snakes to deceive people now. Uh, He uses other people to do that. The only way to be safe from them is to know your Bible. Study it. Memorize it. Discuss it. 
Um, well, I got a phone call, so I'm not sure where this recording cut off. So I'm going to back up a little bit and go to the Word of God is your protection, your sh- your weapon, your shield, and your source of truth. Anything that contradicts the Bible is a lie. The world is very focused on making you doubt the truth of God and your need for it. The method is through the words and actions of sneaky snakes. Where will you meet these sneaky snakes? Well, sadly, in church. Yes, Satan attacks Christians right where they live and work using false teachers who pretend to love God and know him, but really love money, power, and fame. They want to sell you books. They want to tell you how to get rich. They want to tell you that God wants you to be rich. And you very rarely hear any of these um, so-called preachers speaking and teaching from the actual Word of God about sin, salvation, sanctification, justification, hell, you know, the stuff that God cares about. So beware which church you join. And also you'll find um, false snakes in the grass at school. And especially uh, freshmen who go to college are very much in danger. So hopefully before they get there, they will have studied the Bible. Um, You might meet some of these people at work. They might try to tell you about their wonderful spiritual life that they lead. And we already talked about social media You'll hear music that teaches a false gospel. You'll see books in Christian bookstores that preach a false gospel. You'll see movies that talk about God in a way that is not accurate. You'll see advertisements that tell lies about God. And maybe even your own family members are deceived by Satan and will try to lead you astray. So... The dangers are real and their dangers are many. Why? Because Satan knows his time is short. He is trying to destroy as many souls as possible and destroy Christian families and Christian testimonies before Jesus returns. Many will fall away in the last times. Don't be one of them. So what should you do if you see a snake? Or how can you how can you see them? Well, you can stay alert. You can list, you first you have to study your Bible, and then when you're listening to a uh, sermon or a teaching, a podcast, anything, reading an article, a book, be on your alert. Are they adding to the Bible? Are they taking away from it? Are they interpreting it in a way that you've never heard before, claiming to have some new revelation? Are they claiming that the Bible is just uh, symbolic and it's not actually true? Uh, Maybe it's just stories. Um, Beware of people who try to tell you that the Bible is not God's word. Also, if you are involved with with an actual relationship, a, a friendship or whatever, ask questions. If your friend tells you something that doesn't sound right, say, hey, why don't we look that up in the Bible? That doesn't sound quite right. Or maybe if you attend a class... Ask the teacher, what, where are the verses for what you just said? You can even um, 
talk to your pastor about it. You don't have to be rude. You can be respectful. You can be kind. But truth matters and we should not let false teachings go unstopped because many people can be hurt by them. Many churches have been destroyed by false teachers. And sometimes they're Sunday school teachers. So it's up to us to call them out. But if they get angry and stubbornly hang on to the lie, then they're showing they're showing their true colors. So pray for them and then don't have anything else to do with that person. If you have to leave that church, then so be it. Be thankful that the Lord revealed that to you. Don't let yourself get sucked into a false doctrine that goes beyond the word of God or removes things from it. I caution you to be careful, though, because there are some non-essential doctrines that all believers do not agree upon. And, um, you know, you can they can still be true believers, even if they disagree on small things. What is the important thing? The important thing is the gospel itself. So what is the gospel? Well... The essential beliefs, in my opinion, um, are that we are saved by faith by, and by confessing that Jesus died for our sins, was resurrected, and sits at the right hand of God. That he is, And we believe that he is coming back to judge the world and to set up a kingdom of believers. We are not saved by anything else but this faith in Jesus. We're saved by believing that Jesus died for us to pay the price for our sins that separated us from God. So there are other things that Christians do that are good things, but those are not the things that save you. Those are things that come from being saved. So if you, you know, want to give money to the church, if you want to do good works, if you, you know, get baptized. I do think that that is a commandment, but I don't think it's a salvation thing. I think people can argue about baptism. I'm a Baptist myself, so I have been baptized. Um, You're not saved by wearing certain clothing. You're not saved by praying a prayer. Now, if you pray that prayer and you truly believe what you're saying, then that is you're going to be you're going to be saved but it's not the the act of the prayer that saves you it's the it's the faith so you're also um some churches uh, emphasize special anointing and that is not a salvation issue um god gives us all gifts for his um glory so we don't want to get too caught up in, in, in that. Uh, pilgrimage or other things that we do ourselves, those can be great spiritual practices, but they're not about salvation. So let's just uh, stay focused and watch for snakes and be willing to stand up for the truth in these days when truth is not a popular thing. I hope you have a wonderful day. And watch out for snakes and have a happy Easter and Resurrection Sunday. Bye now.